Our Lord, our God, you have chosen to make yourself known through your creation, your word, your son, and your spirit. Now reveal your glory to us and through us, the church. Speak to us, form us, lead us, dwell in us. Teach us today how to love as Jesus loves, to welcome the stranger, heal the sick, and care for the poor, to bear good news, build bridges, and bring your people home. For Christ in us is the hope of glory. May your perfect will prevail in us this day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. So we, like I said, we have a great panel and these awesome panelists. So we're going to meet them in just a minute. But before we do that, I wanted to take a couple minutes to um, remind us of the new series that we started last week. So Pastor Albert started us off in a series called Dream, a six-week series. Um, and so I wanted to kind of remind us what he said and also set the stage for where um, we're going today with the panel. So Albert reminded, Pastor Albert reminded us that in the beginning of the Bible, the very first image we see of God is actually that of a creator. That in God's imagination, the earth first started. It was in his imagination that he saw in detail the beauty, the variety of the earth. And then in his power, he actually created that earth. Right? And so God is one that is an imaginative God and has the power to create things into being that have never been before. And as children, as people that God has created, he has actually given us the same kind of capacity to imagine and to dream and to do things that have never been done before. But then the key question for us becomes, is like, how do we partner with God in his dreams here at Trinity? Right? We could have a lot of dreams about a lot of things, but what are God's dreams? And specifically, what are God's dreams for us here at Trinity? How do we get in touch with those dreams? Well, the first step in answering this question is understanding God's kind of bigger picture dream for all humanity. And Albert reminded us of this in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. So I'm going to go ahead and read us these verses, and they're beautiful. They're full of imagery. So use your imagination, even as you hear them, to be able to picture and let your heart be moved. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. So this is the image of where all human history is heading. We see in the scripture that God is in the process of making all things new. And that one day that Jesus will return and he will create a new heaven and a new earth. Like humanity 2.0, right? We're going to be on this earth, but it will be perfect. Try to imagine it like no sin, no racism or natural disasters or evil or sickness. Nobody will die anymore. Nobody will hurt you anymore. You won't hurt other people. There will be no more pain. And the best part of it is, is that God says he's going to dwell with us again. Like now we're in worship, we get to experience God's presence and we feel it. 
But one day, we're going to see Jesus face to face. We're going to see him. And we're going to walk with him like Adam and Eve walked with him in the garden. This is what our souls have been created for. This is the deepest longing of our heart, right? And this is where we're heading. And so to be the church and partner with God in this big picture dream, we need to be a part of bringing this mission here on earth. That one day that Jesus is going to make all things new permanently, but even now Jesus is in the process of making all things new today. We get to partner with him in bringing heaven to earth now. In Monterey Park, in Roland Heights, in our families, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. We also have this mission to partner with Jesus in making all things new, even now. So we need to remember as we think about God's dreams for us here at Trinity, they start with God's bigger picture dream. Every dream we have falls in line with that bigger picture dream of, who, of what God has for, for the world and for us as a church. And the second way we need to listen to God's dreams for Trinity is actually to listen to God through the people of this church. You know that the Holy Spirit puts dreams in different ones of our hearts and speaks to us. And so part of how we know God's dreams for Trinity is we need to be good listeners. We need to listen to one another and hear from them what is God stirring in their hearts and pay attention because God is birthing his dreams in us through the people of Trinity. Amen. So we're going to actually have three weeks where we get to hear from awesome panels. And they're going to be able to tell us more of what are their dreams that God has put on their heart for Trinity. How has God been speaking to them? And today we have the privilege of hearing from the boomers and the prime timers. 50 plus. And I, I feel like particularly privileged to be able to do the panel with this group of people. One, because I really enjoy them. Um, but two, I just feel like, man, they have so much to teach us. I've been talking to different ones of them, like, tell me about Trinity in the beginning. Tell me in the beginning of Monterey Park. I know Rick's going to help us. Tell us about Roland Heights, right? Because how are we supposed to know where we're going in the future if we don't know where we come from? And these guys hold some of that story. And they also just have wisdom of a life lived and walking with God. And we need to learn from them. So in Job, it says, Job chapter 8, verses 8 through 10, it says, Just ask the previous generation. Pay attention to the experience of our ancestors. For we were born but yesterday and know nothing. Our days on earth are fleeting as a shadow. But those who came before us will teach you. They will teach you the wisdom of old. So I'm hoping we're going to learn some of that wisdom today. I know that we will. And we feel honored to be able to learn from you and to be able to hear your stories and learn from your life of God and your dreams for what um, Trinity could be. So let me just go ahead. I'm going to pray a blessing over these guys, and then we'll get started with our panel. Ah, So Jesus, I just thank you um, for these folks on this panel and how they've been part of the history of this church and how you have formed them and shaped them and grown them in you. And so I just pray your peace over them, God, that they would be able to feel centered in you, God, and that they would be able to share from their heart the things that you have put on their heart. Um, So come, Holy Spirit, be with us. And I pray for us as a church, would you make us attentive listeners today, that we would be able to catch, Holy Spirit, what you're trying to say to us through this panel. So come and be with us as we listen, as we learn. Um, God, come and open our hearts and our minds to speak to us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to do a little adjusting, and we're going to be able to start hearing from the panel. Awesome. So the way this is going to work is that I'm going to have a series of questions that I'm going to ask you. We won't have time for you all to answer every single one, 
um, but a couple of you for each of the questions. And I'm hoping that through that, we'll get a good sense of how God is going to be speaking to us. Um, and so I want to start, though, first by asking a question that I want all of you guys to answer. So I want you guys to introduce yourself. So maybe we can start with Sandra and go down the row. Um, so introduce yourself and when and how did you become a part of our Trinity Church family? Okay. Okay. I'm Sandra Wong. Um, I have been here since 1967 when I was in junior high. Um, our, our family was in Gardena. We moved to Hacienda Heights, which was mostly white. Um, and my parents want us to get closer to a church where we could um, meet people and hopefully marry somebody Chinese. And this is a Chinese <laughs> church. <laughs> and so here we are. Awesome. So my name is Carol Toyotomi, and I'm her sister. So we had to get the date right. So it was 1967. I was a little younger. Um, and no, I didn't marry a Chinese person. Sorry, Dad <laughs> and Mom. <laughs> Yeah, so she told you the story. <laughs> Hello, Zhang? Uh, I'm Bonnie Lee. Um, I started Trinity Church at the old Jefferson Church when I was nine. Wow. Uh, I was a tag-along to my two sisters, and uh, the photos that um, Pastor Albert had on the screen, mm -hmm. I was in one of those. Wow. Uh, but I was little. <laughs> and I... Uh, when we came to this church, it was in 1977, so I've been in the church since nine. I won't tell you how old I am now, <laughs> but it has been a wonderful journey. Hello, I'm Rick Orr, and I started at Roland Heights campus in 1991 with my beautiful wife. We didn't have any kids. We raised four kids there, and we, we, worked, we did leave for a few years and just recently came back about a year or so ago. And we're really, really great to be back. It felt like coming back home. My name is John Cabrera. Uh, I go all the way back to 2016. <laughs> so what am I doing here, right? <laughs> but you could probably tell by my name that uh, I'm connected to... Uh, Johnny Cabrera here. Um, and I came here because uh, we, my wife and I were part of a, a church, a thriving church, Christian Assembly in Eagle Rock. Uh, there was no reason to leave except the fact that uh, my son asked if we would come and help. And we had, we prayed. We said, Lord, unless you say, you know, no, don't go, you know, then there's no reason for us to say no. So we're here. And uh, he said, you know, come in and, and stay for a year and help us out. And after a year, we said, we're not going back. So we're, we're here. Awesome. Yay! Great. Well, thank you guys for introducing yourselves. Um, so the first question I wanted to ask you is, tell me a little bit about your relationship with God. So who is Jesus to you these days? I'll, I'll start. You know how when kids, you know, one kid tells another kid, you know, do this. And the one kid says, you're not the boss of me. Well, Jesus is the boss of me. And what he says, I do. And sometimes I, I push back and say, you know, I don't want to do that. But he says, yes. And he always wins. Um, when I was 18, um, I, I had been reading the Bible for a few years. And I read the passage in Romans where it said, you know, what Paul says, I, I do the things I, I don't want to do. I don't do the things I should do. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And I said, yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm. I can't get it right. And then at the end, it says, 
But thank God through Jesus Christ. And I finally got it. The light went on and said, oh, he died on the cross. So I don't have to do all of this work. He did it. Mm -hmm. But now I can let him live through me. And that's when I knelt down and said, Lord, I get it now. I'm yours. So uh, since I was 18, uh, I've been uh, listening to his voice Mm -hmm. and growing and reading his word. And he is a very good boss, I might say. Amen. Awesome. How about another one of you? Tell us about your relationship with God and who is Jesus to you these days? Um, Besides being the boss, he's also my best friend. Um, I know I can trust him. I know he's always there for me. No matter what challenge he brings me, if I will listen and if I I will follow him, things work out so well. He's blessed me so much. Awesome. I appreciate that. Bonnie, go ahead. I started at Trinity Church when I was nine, mm-hmm. and um, I was in the third grade at that time. Matter of fact, um, Gip's sister was my first Sunday school teacher, and it was all fun and games, okay? And nine mm-hmm. years old, you, had, uh, you could win prizes, memorizing verses, and it was just a lot of fun. And then about age about 14, um, the idea of, the only message that I was given was that Jesus loves me. I said, oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not understanding the idea of full salvation. Mm-hmm. And so my life went on and on, and then finally I could really try to understand what salvation was about. So mm-hmm. I think about eight, uh, when I was about 18 and 19, it was time mm-hmm. to, to really commit myself. Mm-hmm. But there was a gap between 19 and for about 30 years mm-hmm. that I kind of put God in the back burner of my head. And I just did what Bonnie usually does for the next 30 years. And then after that, it was just maybe the last 20 years of my 72 years uh, <laughs> that God has really just opened my eyes. I, uh, I'm at the point where um, my Christian living hmm. is seen as wholesome. Hmm. It has been seen more complete and something that I could really strive for. Hmm. And like Sandra mentioned, you know, the ups and downs, and you look at your ups and downs totally different. So I thank God for being patient with me for the 30 years that I paid no attention to him, but he hung in there with me. And then one day he said, that's enough. I've had enough of your behavior. Mm-hmm. And he changed my life then. Mm-hmm. Amen. Man, I don't know if you guys feel like, I feel like I want to sit at their feet and just like ask more questions. That's what I always want to do. So we got to go into other questions. But I just want to say, there's something powerful when you guys say that he's my best friend or he's my boss or he's worth trusting or giving my very life to because you've lived through the ups and downs, right? You know, you've gone through suffering and all different kinds of things and still you're able to say those things. It feels like, okay, that encourages us as a church to like, oh, it's worth it. And then when we're getting discouraged, like, we're going to come to you, okay? And you're going to pray for us, and you're going to remind us, like, hey, I've lived 72 years. Let me tell you, God has been faithful, and he's been good. That's awesome. So I want to hear a little bit more about your experiences at Trinity. So describe a time when our church was especially vibrant, fruitful, and spiritually alive. What were the reasons for this vitality? I really wanted to respond to that question because I've been in the church a long time and I've seen ups and downs. I've seen people come and go. And I, I shared that with Benton about, and we both agreed, it was a period of the early 1990s. We had a group of young people, and Sam Yao, mm. An, and Musette were mm. a part of that group. 
And it was a youth group that was humongous. Sometimes we had to pack the gym. 80 to 90, even 100 children were in there, okay? Now, we, Ben and I, we don't know why we were included in this group, but it was so, it's not magical, but you could see um, God working in these young people who only, the only thing they knew was that God loved them. And, they, and their, their leadership skills just emerged People cooperated. Oh, I'm good at art. I, I play the guitar. I do all these things, and it just it just it was just wonderful. And now we see some of them still, and they're about in their early 40s at this point, and they're still doing the work of the Lord. You know, we've lost a couple along the line. You know, but you see them; they come back, and we Ben and I recognize them and say, "Isn't that so and so? Yeah, he used to do this and that." And they come back. Mm-hmm. They come back because this church mm-hmm. had something so, ma- not magical, but just so, I don't know what the word is, but it was there. Mm-hmm. And, and we could see it. And kids, uh, these young kids, they did their own ministry. They mm-hmm. went out to their own campuses. Mm-hmm. They went to Shure High School. Mm-hmm. They went to Mark Keppel. And they brought Buku. I think mm-hmm. a couple of the... Um, Kids, they were on the swim team. Next thing we know, right, Sam? We had the whole swim team mm-hmm. of Sure High School. It was Sure mm-hmm. High School, you know, and it was just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Where just God just said, "I'm doing this," yeah. and it happened. That's it was good. just wonderful. Wow, that's awesome. So it sounds like there's something where they were tasting of God and His goodness, of His living water, and then giving it away and stepping up to be used by God. And it was like, wow, more people are coming in. And so, like, isn't that how it's supposed to be? Yeah. I think what I wanted to say too, they weren't. Deep and heavy thinking. It was the, the simple message mm. that God was saying, I love you. Mm. You know, and run with that. Mm. That's all you need. Mm. Those words, God loves you. Mm. And that was it. And they ran with it. That's awesome. That That's good. Thank you for that memory. Yeah. How about a couple of you others of you? Describe a time when our church was especially vibrant, fruitful, and spiritually alive, and what was happening. Well, I I, um, well, I have to say that I came to church in 1967 to here, but then I left when I was in college, and then I, and then I came back, and that's another different story. Mm-hmm. But I remember growing up, um, being in the youth group, and I remember being at a youth or family retreat, and I remember we were, it was around, it was in the fall, and the USC, UCLA game was on, mm-hmm. And no one knew what was happening because we were at the retreat. Mm-hmm. And we had some USC people at the retreat and some UCLA people at the mm-hmm. retreat. Um, but it was, it was when our youth was really on fire. And it was mm-hmm. in the, um, I think it was in the 70s when that whole um, re- rekindling of Christianity yeah. had happened. Mm-hmm. I forget, it was like urban, urban 70 something. Mm-hmm. And, and my brother, Stephen, had come back from that big, huge, um, um, I, I don't want to revival mm-hmm. and he just inspired us mm-hmm. um, with just one person he inspired the rest of the youth to really really seek God and mm-hmm. seek Christ and mm-hmm. so I, I do remember that and and then we were we were in, it inspired us to do things like we started a singing group and I know, it was just like really crazy but you know we didn't have any inhibitions because mm-hmm. we were we were looking at Christ mm-hmm. And we were focused on him and how he could live through us. Mm-hmm. So it was really great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. There's these stories of youth revival. 
Like both of those stories is interesting that that something that I was doing in the youth that started to spill out to the rest of the church and help the church become even more alive. That's awesome. Maybe Rick, do you want to share with us a little bit about Roland Heights? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll tell you kind of what attracted my yeah. wife and I there. So we, we visited 91. We were in our, our mid, mid to late 20s, somewhere like that. But what was really amazing, we went to that church, not only people welcoming us, mm-hmm. but um, there, was a, there was a lot of people. There were people my age, especially men, <laughs> that just loved God. <laughs> Um, I remember I remember thinking about going out um, after the service, you know, people are talking, mingling outside. And I was always amazed that we were having conversations about what God was doing in our lives. And that just, I felt like that's why the church was, it, it was it was a good sized church then, it was growing. And I think it's because um, it wasn't a social club, although yeah. we encouraged each other socially and helped each other. but. We were there for God, and people yeah. were there for God, and God's spirit mm-hmm. was there. And um, I mean, that's that's what I feel like. That's what's going to attract people. Yeah, our our totally. goal is not to yeah. get numbers. Our goal is to pe- bring people to Christ yeah. and to disciple each other and help each other and encourage each other. And I saw I mm-hmm. saw a huge movement in the men's group then, and that was really exciting. Mm-hmm. I think our church was really strong because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is themes. There's something about, like, none of us just want to go through the motions of church. And there's something about these seasons where it wasn't, it was, there was a spiritual aliveness and realness of people. Like, the youth were encountering God and bringing their friends and people. I know Sam talked about that's where he became a Christian, was through that. And I think maybe on, too. Like, there was ways that folks were coming to know Jesus through that time. But even with the men at Roland Heights, there's something similar where people's, the men wanted, were hungry for God, and they were being real and opening up to one another, and there was something about the spiritual aliveness at that point that felt like, oh, and that's what, I don't know, oh, sorry, I keep doing, that's what I long for, that's what I love, you know, to be a part of, and that's what I long for even more and more for us at Trinity, so that's good. Okay, so let's hold on to that. Awesome, let's move on to our next question. Um, I want you to think about, like, what are the things that we might be missing here in the church that we had from before? Are there things that we used to do at Trinity that you feel like, oh man, there's something that we, want, we don't want to forget that. We want to bring that back. And why? For right now, um, we stopped doing the Bible cuisine. Mm. Uh, we used to have a caravan thing. We used to have VBS. You know, so mm. I miss the intentional feeding into the youth, the, mm. the, children, the okay. children. The children are our future. Mm-hmm. And know us for some reason that's not there mm. but I think that we can be listening to God and finding what how else can we encourage mm-hmm. yeah that that growth for the children mm-hmm. yeah that's good okay so there's something about God's mission to the kids that we need to keep tapping into more yeah how about for some of the other ones view like what might we be missing from the past that we need to remember and keep bringing into now um since I was only nine, <laughs> and my parents uh, and my sisters were older, so I was not included. I couldn't be a tag along anymore. And so I had to develop friendships among strange children, no adults. <laughs> but it, it, was a wonder, it was the most wonderful experience, childhood. Mm. I mean, I didn't have family. Mm. You know, everybody had to be my family. And Auntie Git, excuse me, Auntie Git, but Git and the other. Older, they're they're not much older than I was, but they 
they treated me as a part of the family, mm. and that was really important for mm. me because I had no family. Mm. And, I, and Chris, um, Sandra brings up a really good point. There were vacation Bible school times. Mm. Um, there were wonderful times of just, I don't know if you know the phrase, inspiration, mm. where we come and the pianos would just go at it. Mm. Okay, we would sing old hymns, sorry, mm. old hymns, <laughs> old hymns, awesome. and there were times where we had traditions at the mm. church, mm. and for some reason, I guess, as we became, became more individually focused, mm. and, and I'm going to use the word too self-centered, mm. that we lost focus of who else, you know, mm. shares your, your home church, mm. and because I was by myself, uh, I fortunately... I was able to hook in with a, uh, a youth group, and in those days you could stay out at 11 or 12 o'clock and do whatever. Uh, and it was totally different, and that camaraderie um, that was so sorely missed, and, mm. I, and for the lack of a better word, I see that missing here. Mm. Um, and I, I wish that could happen mm. more often, because I, I see some of the loneliness that maybe I felt as a child, Mm. And I, I see all the little babies that are running mm. around out there. And I said, will this happen to them? Mm. And I said, hopefully, hopefully no. Mm -hmm. So that was what I've lost in mm. terms of that. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Carol. Yeah, I, I, I do miss um, things that bind us together as a whole church, as a whole, instead of not just Sunday, coming on Sunday, but activities that we did that actually made us feel like a whole church mm -hmm. and not just individual people coming to that, to that, to that. Um, and, and just to see each other, whether it be serving or whether it be just enjoying our, our become, you know, knowing each, getting to know each other. I, I do miss those activities. Um, I miss the, uh, if you think about things or that, that used, we used to have is like, yes, VBS, um, the picnic in the park, mm. um, Harvest Festival. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, those things, it might not have been something that really outreached people, mm. but as a church, we were doing it together, mm. you know, and um, it really binded us together. Mm. So there, there's something missing that I feel that we wish we had. I have a love for everyone in the church, mm. but I wish that everyone felt that you are loved within the church, mm. and that, that is missing Mm -hmm. um, something missing. Yeah, totally. So it sounds like there's something about um, kind of God making all things new is that everybody, that no one would feel on the outside, that everyone would feel like a part of this family and that we would kind of, I really appreciate that, that people took it on upon themselves, Bonnie, to welcome you and make sure that as a nine-year-old girl, you felt connected to the family. So do we have that kind of eyes for one another? That every person here is valuable and we want them to feel like not on the outside, but in the center and how do we be part of God's hands and feet to welcome them in this place so that they would feel that sense of family? And maybe we don't know what's going on in each other's lives, but that sense of loneliness, that we feel a sense of home here or family here in a fresh way. So what does it look like to continue to be a church that has those kinds of eyes and arms for one another? Um, and then particularly even for the youth, some of the young folks, how do we keep that going? That's great. Well, this last question I want us to talk to, I actually really want to hear from all of you. And I know, John, the last couple ones, you didn't get to say anything because you haven't been here for all those years. But maybe we'll start with you and go this way. So what, what dreams and visions has the Lord been giving you lately for our church? So you think about Trinity, what are their dreams and visions for this church? It was, it was mentioned a couple of times uh, that 
it's it's not about us. Mm-hmm. Now we, um, as a church, and I, and I say it like globally, if the church becomes about the church as an institution, and it's, you know just about numbers, like Rick said, or just about mm-hmm. you know let's you know grow the church, we're missing something mm-hmm. because the church is about God and mm-hmm. about the message that Jesus Christ came to reach us mm-hmm. so that we can be transformed people, mm-hmm. and when we have that message as Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Well, when we have that as our main focus, Mm -hmm. then it's not about us. Yeah, we get the side benefits. We get the results, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's not what we aim for. Mm -hmm. We aim for the kingdom, Mm -hmm. the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. and God will take care of the rest. So um, you know, it's, it's one thing, oh, well, you know, let's, let's make ourselves more comfortable in the pews. Let's, you know, paint it, whatever, you know, new carpeting, whatever that, okay, there's, maybe there's a place for that, but that's not our focus. Mm-hmm. How can we be a place that will be welcoming to people to come in from the outside? Yeah. How can we be the people who really care to take it upon ourselves to go to each individual person and say, you are important to God, mm-hmm. and I'm going to show you that because I am representing Christ, as it says, uh, uh, we are ambassadors mm-hmm. of Christ, you know, be reconciled to God. So how can we make this happen? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, I envision us. And, and by the way, I see that happening here. I think I heard Albert say several months ago that, you know, we're not here to be the, the coolest church or the most modern, or that, but we can be the most loving church. And I see that in so many individuals here mm-hmm. in real ways. I mean, just people are just like, you know, oozing love. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to be like that. Yes, you know, I want to be like Mei Fong. You know, she just, Woo-hoo. you know, just, ex- man, she is the embodiment mm-hmm. of love. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to become more and more like a person who just um, will, will welcome and love. And, you know, when the time comes to say, hey, you know, that's maybe you need to rethink that. I've earned that right to do that because I've shown that I care about that person mm-hmm. individually. So it's about God. Mm-hmm. It's not about us. We'll get the benefits. But that's what I see, you know, where we're headed. That's our focus. Awesome. Thanks, John. How about you, Rick? Well, I'm, I'm excited about this. What really attracted me back when I said we were gone for a few years, came back last year, is um, Trinity is a church that wants to reach the community. Mm-hmm. And, and I've not, that has not been a strong area in my life. I, I, feel like, I feel like, you know, discipling people already Christians, encouraging people to be closer to God, but going out and reaching the community where they're at, letting, letting the love of Christ shine people where they're at, um, I, I really feel like that's what we're called to do. And so um, I see two parts, right? I see us out in the community. Um, people will see the, our love, so they'll come in here. And then when they're here, they're going to experience God, and they're going to get discipled, and they're going to they're gonna grow in Christ. So... Um, while we're here in this sanctuary and the meetings we have and Bible studies, we're, we're growing each other towards God. But I've done that all my life mm-hmm. and not enough of going outside the walls, yeah. not enough of, of letting outsiders, people that don't know Christ yet, mm-hmm. hey, we love you. We want to help you. We want to be part of where you're at. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my vision and dream. Totally. And, and I'm not great at it, but I want to learn to be good at it. Yes, and so I'm excited about that. Awesome. Yeah, so we have a sense of like making all things new here and welcoming all people, but also we can't just leave it to this group. It's like, no, God has more folks that need to be transformed and brought into that love of God. And so how do we reach them? Awesome. How about you, Bonnie? What are your dreams for Trinity? 
It's so funny that I should be up here talking about dreams for Trinity. Some of you have already heard my dreams, and it sounds more like a rant and rave, right, Albert? (laughs) (laughs) There are so many babies in this church. I think the last baby was Caitlin, who would call me Auntie Bonnie. Now, that's what you can call me. All the little kids would say, hi, Auntie Bonnie, hi, Auntie Bonnie. Now I look out there, and I look at that child, and I say, now, whose child are you? (laughs) Now, there are so many babies, and and it just brought a burden on my heart. Mm -hmm. I said, what's going to happen to these babies? What's going to happen to the parents of these babies? Mm -hmm. Okay? And it hit me. Mm -hmm. It just hit me. What I experienced as a child was family. And my dream for Trinity is that we build a God-centered church family. Mm -hmm. I I, I want to be able, I I think one church I went to on the outside of each door, they had on a wooden plaque, it says, bless all who enter. But on the inside of these doors, they had the little phrase on wood plaque, says, send me. I said, wow, that is so powerful, mm. you know, and that, that, would, be, that would remind everybody mm. in here as you exit, you know, to send you. We are all missionaries, and that's how I have to look at it. We are all, whether you're out there uh, cleaning up the coffee tables, mm. whether you're helping wash the dishes and the pots mm. and pans after the potlucks, whether you're setting up, whether you're picking up all the loose brochures and whatever under the, all these chairs, you know, you're part of family. Mm-hmm. And my dream is that we do build a strong Christ-centered church family. Mm-hmm. And that's everybody. So when these little kids come and sit here and they're hugging their parents and whatever and they're off, off they go, mm-hmm. that another family or, or brother, sister, mm-hmm. uncle, auntie sees that happen and says, you know, I should have my sister come with me and bring her kids. Mm-hmm. That's how we... That's how we become missionaries in this church. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the wonderful thing that uh, happened last Sunday, I saw, I think his name is Daryl. Uh, well, anyway, his two little boys are right there, and Daryl was sitting, and you know how they go out. And I saw those two little boys. They ran up to their dad and kissed them and kissed them, you know, and, of course, dad shoots them off, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And I said, that is so beautiful. Mm-hmm for another family, whether you're married, not married, whether you, you know, but you see kids somewhere along your life, you know, whether it's here or elsewhere, other places. And that always leaves an impression, whether you back it back here and it doesn't come up, but it is an example of how you you, uh, are are, uh, showing what God looks like. Hmm. And that's what we should. And I remember Christine Hung had that sermon about um, uh, who who are we? Who are we as believers? And it was that it is that Christ in us, mm-hmm. and that is. And you wear it whether you you want to or not. Mm-hmm. You're a believer. You're going to wear it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have Christ in you. You're going to wear it. How you want it to shine mm-hmm. is up to you. Mm-hmm. And the way we can support you in doing that is to build a church family. Mm-hmm. So that that's my desire. I, I think of the children now and all the volunteers mm-hmm. that are helping. And probably uh, Sandra can testify to that too. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. I would like to see us invest some dollars. Mm-hmm. Some dollars that maybe our church budget cannot handle now. 
some dollars to get a really qualified children's ministry slash director, okay? To really put a program in here to commit to at least six years to say, I will work here for six years so I can establish a program that God will just honor and then bring the workers after that point. That, that's, my, that's my dream. Mm-hmm. I love that, Bonnie. I hear your passion. As somebody who young, has young kids, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Carol, what about you? Wow. This, this church is going to be fantastic. I, you know, come on, Holy Spirit, come on. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything that everyone said. And I, and I, I guess I'm where my emphasis has always been um, is, yes, we're, we're to go out and reach out to the unchurched. Yes, and to bring them in. But what are we bringing them into, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, are we bringing them into a place that will accept them because they're from a broken family mm-hmm. or they're from a broken, having a broken childhood mm-hmm. or having just struggling with things that normally, mm-hmm. normally middle, um, middle class people don't struggle with, but they're struggling with that. Are we going to bring them into a church mm-hmm. that's ready for that? Are we going to look at them in love, are we going to look at them with eyes of criticism or in love? And I've always been where I always felt like I wanted to reach out to those people who are like on the mm-hmm. on the out, on the on the edge or mm-hmm. that are on the fringe that aren't really accepted. Mm-hmm. And yet, that's what church is all about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, when I was going through my struggles, um, I remember telling Sandra, "I can't go to church because I'm not." I'm not like perfect right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going through a divorce. I'm going through my family being broken up, you know? How can I go to church? Yeah. And, and she said, Carol, you gotta go to church. And I'm like, okay. And I remember running into the front rows, sorry, sitting next to my mom and just weeping because I was going through so much. And that's the kind of church I want our church to be. I want our church to be somewhere where you can come no matter what you're going through, no matter where you are in your life, you're going to be loved, you're going to learn to love God, you're going to learn to be strong in God, and then you're going to go out, and then you're going to find people, and you're going to bring them in, you know, and that's, that's my dream. Amen. Thank you, Carol. Thank, thank you for uh, opening up your story and your heart to things. Um, my dream is that we, I, I feel like God is going to do a great thing with this church, um, but it has to be with his power. Mm. It can't be with our own power. Um, I dream of, of a prayer meeting, a prayer time that, that is very popular, a time where people will come and pray at six in the morning, or I don't know when, um, but that it would be like the best time, that we would be listening to -hmm. what people are going through, we'll be seeing the community and the hurts that are going on, and that we'll be praying, and we'll see God working, we'll see Mm -hmm. miracles that He does, that only He can do. Mm -hmm. So that's my dream. Amen. Sandra, I'm feeling you. Sandra, I want that too. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing your heart. Man, I want you guys to preach here. You know, I just feel like you have some more and more to teach us. Uh, I appreciate your passion. So I'm going to just go ahead and close this up and just share a few things that stuck out to me from what I heard from these guys. 
So I love kind of what Sandra's ending with. There's something about, like even what Carol said, like, wow, we're going to be a great church. But I think we need God to do that. We can't do that on our own. So I appreciate there's something about the presence of God. We need more of God as a church. And even some of the memories of the places where the church has been most alive is when people were seeking after God and hungry for God and being real about who God is with one another or what their struggles are with one another. So there's something about that needing God and being spiritually alive as a church that we long for as a church, but also is attractive to other people to experience more of God. So we, so we need that kind of focus on God, that aliveness from God. But then something else I heard a lot from you guys was that we would reflect who God is here in the church, that we um, would be aunties and uncles. I heard a lot about kids and youth. In particular, I appreciate that the older generation is thinking about the younger generations and that they are on your heart in a, in a unique way. But what does it look like for us to care for those little kids and all the aunties and uncles to them? And what does it look like for us to get to know the youth and, and to hear their stories? And man, I work with college students. They've gone, a lot of these guys have gone through a lot at a really young age. What does it look like to stand with them and to know that they have safe places to come, right? So how do we be that kind of church? where, yeah, the youth and the children are taken care of, but also everybody, I really appreciate, Carol, what you said, that anybody could come to the front of the church and cry, and they could weep, and they would feel safe, and then God would meet them. And they wouldn't feel judged, but they would feel safe. Like, we all long for that. And unfortunately, churches don't do that very well sometimes. They become, what I hear from college students is like, oh, it's so judgmental. But what does it look like to be a church where we can be fully present in the pain that we have, be who we are, and experience God caring for us in that place and be received by family. So that kind of church. And then there's also this picture. I love it. Rick and John were talking about this. The picture, we need to have that focus on the kingdom of God. And then it's not just about us tasting the feast, right? That would be sad if we're just like, wow, this is so good. Being part of this church is so good. It's like the best food. But then we don't invite other people into that. That would not be okay. So how do we be a part of recognizing people in our neighborhoods and our workplaces and, you know, in our families um, and our schools, that God is at work in their lives and they're hungry and they're hurting, whether they tell us or not. And we could become that friend that all of a sudden is like Jesus to them. And they would feel safe with us first. And then from that place would be kind of focused on the kingdom of God. We'd be focused and then they would come to this church and experience that goodness. And then they would be able to experience God as they come here. So, um, so I want those dreams too, you know? So come God. So that was just so good being able to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. And I feel like this is just a taste. Even we just starting this first week and next week and then week after getting to hear from the dreams that God has placed in us as a congregation and being able to um, just be listening to how God is trying to speak to us through them. So let me go ahead and just pray a blessing over this time. And then Pastor Albert and Pastor Christine just rolled on in from Rolling Heights and they're going to be able to take the last section of our time. So Jesus... Um, I just pray, would you help us to pause and just take it in. Lord, you have given us deep wisdom from this panel. Um, God, thank you for their love for you, Jesus, through the midst of the ups and downs. God, thank you that you have, te- you, you have something to teach us where they're like, we just want to follow you, God. I want to receive your orders. We don't know how to do that as a younger generation sometimes, God. So I just pray, would we have a faith like theirs, where we trust you, God, where we listen to your voice, God. And thank you for their, their dreams and their passions for Trinity, the ways that they want this to be a place where people can experience your love, that everybody on the outside would feel safe, and that we'd be able to invite other people into that from all around in our communities, God. So we just pray, come Holy Spirit, we need you. We can't do this without you. And would you continue to help us kind of savor what they've shared and listen to you, Holy Spirit, and how you're trying to speak to us. 
We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> give it up, yeah, let's give it up for our panel.